So Joe yeah. is the owner. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Back in now. Hopefully, he's calling in now. Okay, wonderful. I did tell him uh, uh, nine nine fifty five. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm so glad we went to taping rather than uh, live. You know what it was like oh, when we first started this. Is that right? Live. Oh my goodness. There's the man himself. Joseph, are you there? Yes, I am. How you doing? Good. How's it going? Well, we're going to find out because we're going to have a pre-tape with you. On on with me right, is awesome. Ann, uh, and uh, and uh, 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 a couple of questions before we start. You're the, the head chef, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, we'll ask you about your background, et cetera. We'll take five five seconds uh, to give my engineer a chance, and then we'll roll, okay? All right. You, you know, and at one point, Ellenville was the center of the uh, Catskill Mountain Resorts uh Resorts that uh, were famous for the Borscht Belt, etc. Uh, Ellenville fell on some tough times as the uh, uh, places like Grossinger's and Neville, uh went under. But now there's a revival. Uh, it's also a revival in uh, good dining. And here to talk about it is Joseph Cafaro, who's the chief chef at Tony and Nick's Kitchen, kitchen in Ellenville. Welcome to the program, Joseph. Hey, thank you for welcoming me. I'm very excited to be talking. I'm very okay. excited to share well, first, some info about Ellenville. Well, okay, Joseph, tell tell us a little bit about your background. Then I'm going to turn it over to Ann. Okay, so I've personally been living in Ellenville for more than a decade now. I went to the local high school. 
and graduated from there. And basically my career started here in Elmville as well. I started working at a local deli and then I worked at a couple of the restaurants in town. At one restaurant, I met my mentor chef. Um, I worked with him at a couple of restaurants with him, followed him as a sous chef. And then my dad decided to open up his own restaurant in Elmville. And I joined the team here and I've been at the helm here for the past two years, almost three years now. And I'm excited to be leaving the helm to my brother-in-law, Dash Stratton. And I'll be moving on to Kingston, but still, I still have some touch in Ellenville as well. I can never leave Ellenville fully. But that's a quick summary of my story with Tony and Nick. Well, I'm going to turn it over to Ann now. Okay, thank you, Don. And uh, welcome again, Chef. Um, you know, you're the head chef um, of, a, of a business called Tony and Nick's Italian Kitchen. So who are, who are Tony and Nick? So Nick is my father's father, my grandfather. And uh, Tony is just one of his great friends that he's had since childhood. So my father decided to name the restaurant after both of them. And and were they from the area? Were they from Ellenville, or were you were you all from a different part of New York? Um, I was born in Long Island. My parents were born in Manhattan or Brooklyn, and that's basically where I started being grown up is in Long Island. And then my parents decided to move upstate. They loved the beauty of the area, the culture. So throughout maybe like my middle school years and on, I've been up here. You know, if there's one thing we have a lot of in New York, it's Italian restaurants. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what makes Tony and Nick's Italian Kitchen so unique? So what's different about Tony and Nick's is I haven't come up, I'm trying to come up with my own name for the type of Italian we are because we're not your generic Italian restaurant found in America, which is like the most populated restaurant in America. Um, we are more of like actually dishes that you'll find in Italy and inspirations from the local towns and the regionality of Italy. Um, when you go to Italy and dine there, it's just a complete different experience. And these Italian restaurants just do not show any of it. Um, it's definitely very surprising as well. And my dishes come from my personal trip to Italy, uh, countless research of actual Italian dishes, and I just try to stray away from stuff that I know is very generic. Okay. Now, when you talk about the regions of Italy, um, I've been to Italy as well, and every region of Italy has its, has its sort of specialty. Um, and... Uh, I don't want to generalize and say, you know, there's, you know, uh, Milan is different than Rome is different than Sicily is different than uh, Valencia is different than uh, Sardinia and so on and so forth. But when you talk about Italy and the foods, um, is there one particular town or place that you feel, wow, you know, I think our food really reflects this area? Yeah, actually, there's one area that actually stole our hearts when we went, me and my family, is the Piedmont area. Um, okay. Piedmont is where some of the famous wines like Barolo, Barbaresco, 
like those are coming from and we just I feel as if they have a similar style to the Hudson Valley because a lot of cattle is in there a lot of like farmland is there they're doing tons of wine they're doing tons of um, cheese there making so much cheese Gorgonzola comes from the Lombardy region mm-hmm. uh, as well as the Piedmont region and the awesome thing about the food is, yes, you're correct. Every region has its own traditions and dishes, but a tiny bit of it bleeds into the other towns next next door and nearby. Like you could go to uh, Piedmont is about an hour and a half away from France. It's very close to the French border, and you could see a lot of French influence and dishes up near there. And then if you go to the other side of Italy, where Venice is. You do not see that at all, and you see more influence from Greece and Mediterranean. So wonderful, and you know you have a lot of live entertainment at your restaurant. Talk a little bit about how important that is to you know bringing guests into your into your establishment. So one thing that I've noticed about live entertainment over the years, I've done it at many restaurants I've worked at, and I've actually seen performers at multiple the same performers perform at multiple restaurants I've worked at and it's definitely a great sense of community because it mostly attracts locals and you get to like know everyone's face, talk to them become friendly with them, see them every time the performer comes, um, every time there's a new performer, everyone gathers around it's a great time and definitely very community like bringing community together So, so you're really uh, appealing to your um, local community. What would you say you really know about your guests in terms of what they're looking for in the dining experience? Well, one thing that really stuck with me, a fellow restaurateur told us a few years ago, is that you have to acclimate to your clientele or your guests. You can't just do what you want to do in one specific area and expect everyone to love it. Everyone's different. So over the couple years of the restaurant being open, it's been so much trial and error. And we've built so many relationships and learned that it's really all about the guest and the guest experience. And we just want to be able to make everyone a good plate, no matter who they are, what they like, what they hate. And I feel like we've definitely done a very good job at that. And I'm very happy where the menu has come from the so what, how would you how would you describe your particular guest? Is there um, a particular demographic? Is there a particular sort of style? Just well, you you could like split it in half. Year round we have locals. Um, we love our good friends, our local community. But around the when we start having plays and a bunch of hiking around the areas, we get a bunch of out of towners, people from the city, people from Brooklyn people from all over because we're becoming more of a destination spot up here. And so those are the two halves I split in is out of towners and locals. And we just love them all. Everyone appreciates us for what we do. We have a little something for everybody. Okay. You have a fairly broad selection of beers. You know, I know you talked a little bit about wine earlier. What, um, 
talk a little bit about that. Why is why is there this uh, broad selection of beers? Was it a reaction to what your guests were looking for, or is it something you really felt was important in terms of pairing with the food that you provide? So, yeah, definitely my family. Um, we love wine. We love beer. Um, my brother-in-law also brews his own beer. Um, we didn't open with as much beer as we have, not even close. We opened with six tap lines and a few bottles of Italian beer, and we definitely quadrupled that. Um, we had seven more tap lines, so we have a total of 13. We have almost 100 different bottles of beer or cans of beer to choose from, and we just started becoming this place known in town for just great draft beer. We always, at least half of our beers from local breweries, whether it's cans or drafts and people come specifically if we're tapping a specific beer from a brewery that's like 20 minutes away and we've kind of become known for that you know it's interesting because i always hear that for restaurants um they make more money on selling drinks than they do necessarily on selling food how does that work for you what's the proportion of sort of drink revenue to food revenue for your business um that is definitely true in some areas. Uh, we didn't start with our full liquor license when we opened. Uh, we just got that, and it's almost been a year since we had our full liquor license. We just originally served wine and beer. So definitely we were more food-driven at the time and starting to balance out. But, yeah, from a bunch of people I talk to and from a bunch of areas I see in restaurants or bars I go to, it's definitely a lot focused on the alcohol sales and People pay. And so, so proportionately, what would you say is the proportion of revenues or sales from from the beverage side versus the food side of the business? I mean, that's, that's depends on what restaurant you're like, what kind of restaurant or bar you're talking about. Because it could be just a just a cocktail bar, just a wine bar, some tapas, light food, just a small tiny menu where that would be mainly driven by the cocktails and the wines, but a restaurant like ours, right. we, we focus a lot on food, maybe a little bit more on food than the bar and the drinks, so ours is definitely higher up in the food compared to a place like that. Okay. All right. Um, so who's involved in the business? Who's involved in running the business? So it's definitely a very family affair. Um, my dad obviously opened the business Tony Nix. He's the owner of Tony Nix with my mother and she also manages the restaurant. My younger sister, when she's not in college, she just started college this year. Um, she also works in the restaurant in the front of the house. My brother-in-law, he's, like I said, going to take over Tony and Nick. He's going to be the chef and basically manager of the restaurant. And my dad also works in front of the house, bar, and is going to be general manager of our new restaurant. So it's definitely a close family affair. We also have very close friends helping us and working with us. We definitely build up relationships with our employees too and basically bring them into the family, I should say. You know, it's, it's um, I'm sure you've heard this, that uh, 80 to 90% of restaurants fail. And you've been in business how long now? It's coming up on three years. It would be at the end of the summer. 
and you're opening a second restaurant. So that's fairly unusual. Um, how far away is the second restaurant from the first restaurant? The second restaurant's probably about 30, 35 miles away, a 45-minute drive. I'm going to be personally relocating into the Kingston area for the second restaurant. So. And and for you, what's the toughest part of running the restaurant? Um, for me, I I'm beginning to realize I can cook, and I'm not really worried about my cooking, but it's really getting that relationship with the staff and the guests. That's what I feel is the hardest part to get is building up the trust of your staff, the trust of your guests, having the community trust you, and building that relationship with everybody. That is what I feel is the hardest part for me. And is your are are your employees? Do they tend to stay? Are they have they stayed with you, or do they tend to be transient? Because that um, that can disturb sort of a way of trying to build team, right? Yeah, definitely, and that could vary from town to town. I mainly worked in Ellenville, but I worked in a couple other towns, and definitely there is a higher turnover rate in Ellenville. So we've started relying more on uh kids still in high school, like maybe their last couple years of high school, and they can help us and whatnot. They can't do much because they're still under the age 18, but um, we definitely rely on them a lot because they're a better mindset than some of the other people who live around here, I should say. But I'm excited and nervous at the same time to see the way the Kingston community is how they can work out my kitchen and the floor. What's making you nervous about that? Because um, I, I personally never worked inside the Stockade District in Kingston before in the kitchen, so I don't know how, like, I don't know how the workforce is around there, the labor force. Okay. John, do you have any questions for uh, Joseph? Yes, I do. Um, uh, and um, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, I, I didn't quite hear an answer on it, but w why did you decide to open uh, a, se a second restaurant? Yeah, obviously, uh, your first must be wor working well. What made you decide to do the second? Um, so around late December, early January, uh, a random offer came up for us to take over a restaurant which the owners wanted to they wanted to they were closing the restaurant and wanted to sell the building and after some thought we realized we have the manpower we have two chefs um, we want to show more people what we're trying to do show more people our passion we feel like we could do that by stepping into Kingston's we've definitely We've definitely made a lot of mistakes here in Ellenville, and I'm happy we did. So now when we start in Kingston, it's sort of a new start, and we can definitely make a bigger impact. I'm not saying that Tony and Nick doesn't, but there's a bigger population in Kingston, and I just really want to share our passion and what we believe more. Is your, is your menu going to be much the same as your um, Ellenville um, menu? 
there's definitely going to be some items that are favorites here at Ellenville that I'm going to bring over, but we're changing the style a little bit. In Ellenville, we do uh, personal pizzas, like rustic stone-fired pizzas, but we're not doing pizzas in Kingston, and we also are making our own fresh pasta in Kingston. All of our pasta is going to be made in-house. So it's definitely slightly different, but I uh, definitely... My style is no different than from Ellenville to Kingston. So, well, you know, um, like many restaurants, you, uh, you're across from uh, a playhouse, the Shadowland Theater, uh, which yep. is um, a center of, of arts in El- Ellenville. How do you uh, how do you uh, work uh, with them to kind of uh, promote your 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 restaurant and also generate business? So, yeah, another, like I said about the live music, I've been working in Elmville a lot, and I've seen it at every restaurant as well as I've seen the effect of the theater on all the restaurants. The theater is definitely, has, is definitely one of the main reasons why the, this restaurant growth and life in Elmville is where it's at. Um, the Shadowland, I, I can't thank enough for how much business it helps us. The Shadowland, every single play they have all year, opening night, they have like a little party, a cocktail hour after the show, where they go and they'll do one at each restaurant in town. So every restaurant gets a chance to be promoted through that. We also offer discounts on desserts as well as late night drinks after the play. So as well as Advertising of the play itself, commercials or playbills, they definitely put the local town in there and definitely a great relationship. Well, um, do you have a similar thing in Kingston or are you going to try something different? Well, there's a lot of venues in Kingston, a lot of more areas of entertainment in Kingston. Um, There's not theater directly across the street, but there's definitely a lot more options, and I'm very excited about the weekly farmer's markets that happen in the summer, as well as they also happen not as often in the winter, but that's directly in front of our restaurant, so I'm very excited for that every Saturday, and yeah, just... Back to you, Ann. Thanks so much. You know, I'm going to return to something you were saying a little bit earlier, Chef, um, you talked about um, mistakes that you've made along the way, or I kind of like to refer to them as lessons learned. What were some of the, the big ones that, that I think our listeners would really like to hear about so that if they're thinking about, you know, the restaurant business, it's a great watch out. What, was, what would be some of the mistakes that you feel like, wow, if I had to do it over again, I would, I would have done it this way? Um, definitely our original menu. <laughs> uh, it did not receive well with the community. Um, our original menu wasn't designed by me, um, but when I definitely had my chance to change it is when definitely the positive changes changed. A year after we opened, we had people who said that they were never going to come back because their first experience was horrible. And some of those people are now regulars who come week by week. They have events here, and we've definitely built great relationships with them. And it's definitely nice to have the community as a like a critique to say because that is 
the best way we've grown is because who else to tell your flaws and the people who you're performing the service for. So I would say maybe one of our biggest mistakes maybe was an all-you-can-eat shellfish event. Um, just the way we priced it and how many people we did, it was just way more shellfish than I thought we uh, were going to sell. We ended up going through like two bushels of clams, 80 pounds of mussels, and it was just so much that we basically just evened out at the end of the day. Yeah, I I, I, I definitely would have been there for it all. <laughs> oh, you can eat shellfish. Yeah. Uh, so that was on that side. What is What are some of the biggest successes thus far? What are the things that you're really proud about? Uh, I'm I'm very proud about our menu and our specials menu. Every week we have, on top of our menu, we have at least five appetizers and five entree specials. And definitely I'm so excited when I bring in foods that I personally came up with that aren't, that nobody around here has seen and people are eating it and loving it and definitely want me to do more of that. We also... Once in a while, we do special dinners, which are tasting dinners, which is when I'll come up with, like, six courses and price it for, like, 60 bucks, and people come in and they'll try all six courses. We have the option to pair it with wine, and it's where I we're closed for regular service, and I get to focus just on this tasting dinner, and it goes great, and everyone applauds me, and I tear up and... I, I think those are some of the greatest success moments we had. Awesome. Let me ask you this. Do you, um, on a nightly basis, do you walk the floor? Do you come out and do you greet your guests? I definitely on a nightly basis come out on the floor. I love I love seeing the familiar faces. There's always someone I know on the floor. Get to talk with them, talk with them about the new restaurant, about this restaurant, about their lives. It's great. I uh, grew up as a side person, and it's definitely helping me get out of that shell I was in as a child and you know one of the uh, one of the more important things because obviously uh, cost is is an important area to control in the restaurant business and part of that is not only waste and trying to minimize waste of, of the food but um, also wages and how how has the minimum wage affected your business if at all um it's definitely like I've learned a lot with wages from being someone who's gotten them to now someone giving them. And when I did, it was $8 an hour. I was making $8 an hour doing work where people are now making at least $11 an hour for now. And I personally believe that's better to pay these people 11 12 13 $14 an hour. Um, and give them a stable life while they're working here as opposed to just trying to get people for as cheap as possible. And I definitely believe that is has an effect on the restaurant's turnover rate as well. And I believe a better team leads to better food just because the passion is there. So. And what advice would you give to someone who's thinking of getting into the restaurant business? What what should they be prepared for? Um, I definitely think it's great to find a mentor who you respect and appreciate. A lot of people you work next to coming up, I think they, everyone has their own idea of what's right. 
and what's wrong and what path you should take. I think you should focus on taking your own path. Um, one thing I specifically remember hearing growing up is you don't have to go to culinary school. You don't have to go to culinary school. You don't have to go to culinary school. Every chef would talk about that or cook. And I would excel in the kitchen. And, and a few years later, these people are starting to apply my restaurants to work under me. And I just I see it's just you can't let other people influence you that you're working with. A lot of people can be bad apples and they can leech life out of you in the kitchen and you just got to work past that. And um, I guess, is there is there something that you would like to talk about that I haven't asked you about and said, boy, I really would like people to know this about Tony and Nick's Italian Kitchen? Um, one thing I would like to talk about is, like, like I said earlier about our vision of Italian food is we're really trying to bring the culture and the regionality of Italy to the Hudson Valley. We really want it to be based on like the local businesses and local community. And that's just really at the end of the day, what we're all about. Uh, it's one of the most things we appreciate in Italy and we just want to replicate it in our home area in the Hudson Valley. All right. Don, anything else from you? Well, no, Joseph uh, Cafaro, the name of your restaurant, your website, and how people can reach you? So the name of the new restaurant will be Palazzata, which is the Italian word for stockade, and we thought it'd be clever to name that in Stockade District of Kingston. Um, our website is very simple. It's just palazzata.com. There's two Zs in that. And... Right now, the Spell building's out, under construction. P A L I Z Z A T A dot com. I went over you. You'll have to do it one more time. P A L I Z Z A T A. Hmm. And and your current restaurant? Uh, that's Tony and Nick's Italian Kitchen dot com. And one's in Ellenville, New York. The other's in uh, uh, Tony and Nix is in Ellenville. Tony and Nix is in Ellenville. Palazzo will be in the Stockade District of Kingston. Well, Joseph, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, it's been thank illuminating. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much, Joseph. And all the best. And best of luck in the new uh, with the new restaurant. Thank you very much. It was great to be here.